Why daycare is going to the dogs. I'm Tom Shine, and welcome to The Range. Support for The Range comes from McCowan Gordon Construction, Fidelity Bank, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, a Wichita State student who hopes to knit his way into his girlfriend's heart. After I make this heart, I want to get to the point where I can make something with multiple pieces like a tulip. And then after that, I would like to make some stuffed animals. But first, Forbes magazine ranked Wichita among the country's most pet-friendly cities a year ago. Dog ownership is on the rise, and for lots of people, that means finding someone to care for Rover while they're at work. Suzanne Perez looks at the flourishing industry of doggy daycare. On a weekday morning at doggy daycare in downtown Wichita, the pack is eager to greet a newcomer. About two dozen dogs scamper on the floor of a giant warehouse-style room. A merle-gray Great Dane towers above the rest. Chris Gillock has managed doggy daycare for more than 15 years. He says customers start arriving before 6 a.m. They come in through the door and the dogs are literally pulling their owners across the lobby to get in. Doggy Daycare, which opened on North Mathewson Street in 1995, was one of the first local businesses to offer daytime playtime for dogs. For about $24 a day, owners can drop off their dogs and know they'll be safe and supervised. And maybe more importantly, they'll run off some energy. We tire them out. That's our job. You know, they come in the next day, or he crashed, you know, right when he got in the car. And During COVID lockdowns in 2020, nearly one in five American households adopted a pet. Many dog owners spent the pandemic pampering those pooches. But now they're back at work, and the dog training, grooming, and boarding industry generates more than $11 billion a year. Last month, Michael Schrader opened Camp Bow Wow in Goddard. It's part of a Colorado-based franchise specializing in luxury care for dogs. A video on the company's website offers a dog's eye view of the enterprise. I'm having so much fun at Camp Bow Wow, but I bet you already knew that since you can watch me on the live webcams. Schrader says modern pet owners consider their dogs part of the family. So doggy daycare, complete with nanny cams, art projects, and dog sitters trained in pet first aid and CPR, just makes sense. I see the the younger generation having dogs, not kids. It seems like uh, everybody's got a dog and it keeps growing every year. Sandra Thomas takes her one-year-old miniature schnauzer, Max, to Camp Bow Wow. To have a tired puppy at home. Otherwise, he gets in lots of trouble. Thomas said she'd take Max to daycare every day if she could afford it. Instead, she reserves a day now and then when she needs to get stuff done around the house. When she picks him up, he's pooped. We barely get out of the parking lot and he's curled up asleep in the car. So very different than when I haven't brought him here. Michael Schrader from Camp Bow Wow says dogs are social animals by nature. But daycare helps them learn their manners. So when they do go to dog parks and other, out in the community, their dog has been around other dogs from coming here and learning those cues from other dogs and how to behave better around dogs. Dog trainers will tell you that a bored dog is a bad dog. So a day spent running and wrestling at doggy daycare makes for a very relaxing evening. I get text messages from pet parents that send me a picture at night. They're laying there on the couch and their dogs are out on the floor. They said, you did your job. (laughs) For The Range, I'm Suzanne Perez. For more on this story, 
and lots of cute puppy photos, go to KMUW.org. Wichita State student Ricardo Castillo got the idea to create something new and heartfelt for his girlfriend. For this month's En Route, Hugo Fan talked with Castillo on a particularly noisy bus ride to pick up crochet supplies at a craft store. All right, so tell me your name. Uh, my name is Ricardo Castillo. Where are you headed? Uh, I'm headed to the Hobby Lobby. I wanted to go pick up some crochet supplies so I can make something for Valentine's Day. Oh, nice. What are you crocheting? Uh, well, I, I kind of have to start with something simple, but I found a, a heart I could do. Oh, so nice. So I'm going to make a heart. Is this your first time crocheting? Yeah. Okay, so something simple. Do you know what color do you want to get? I really want to get pink. Just pink? Just yeah. like straight up pink? Like yes. a hot pink or something? Like closer to red, kind of pink. Okay, so who are you doing this for? Uh, my girlfriend. Have you practiced at all, or is this your first time? Uh, this is my it? first time, but I'm, I'm yeah. pretty good with my hands. I do a lot of origami, so oh, cool. it's, it's. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a very difficult thing for me to pick do up. You, do you have to pick up the little needles, too? To yeah, yeah, the needles, the thread, and some uh, things to, like, mark where you are. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> they're, like, they're like safety pins. They're okay. like the sewing version of safety pins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you plan to do more crocheting? Uh, yeah, I, I actually, um, there's a lot of, uh, diagrams you can buy on Etsy, and I bought a couple because they were all on sale for Valentine's Day. Um, I bought, uh, a few flowers. I, uh, after I make this heart, I want to get to the point where I can make something with multiple pieces, like a tulip. Uh-huh. And then after that, I would like to make some stuffed animals. Like, I really want to make snails and stuff. I can see myself venturing out to other things. Like, I see you can make baskets with them and um, some other useful things like that. And I think that, like, having that skill would kind of make... Because a lot of those are really expensive, and I think, like, being able to make it yourself... Because when you go to Third Planet and you buy something like a stuffed animal, it's going to be, like, $20, $30 now. So I think, like, just having this as an alternative is really nice because there's a lot of stuff you can make. Like, I can make Pokemon next. I kind of want to try that. Oh, yeah. What kind of Pokemon would you want to do? Oh, I really like Bulbasaur. Do you want to, like knit clothing at some point? Maybe like a oh, sweater? I don't, I mean, maybe like, that seems really hard. Like, that seems yeah. like it would take hours. I don't know if I could do clothing. It's something you can work your way up to. Like, maybe. Oh, origami. I was going to ask you about origami. What, like, what kind of things have you kind of made with origami? What kind of origami have oh, you made? Oh, man, I've made a lot. I really like the more complex models, and uh-huh. I really, really, really want to learn how to fold from crease patterns, because there's a lot more crease patterns that are more advanced. You know, I have muscle memory for a lot of the, the folds, so I can just, like, kind of fold someone a flower. But for the complex models, unfortunately, you need much, much bigger papers for those, so yeah. I can't really take those everywhere. But little things. Yeah, yeah like, sure. like, I could do dragons, I could do yeah. flowers, I could do rabbits. Have you given your girlfriend any, like, Oh, man, stuff? I've made her hundreds. Does uh, she just have, like, a, a counter She has, like, like, two boxes full. Anyways, I gotta go. I'll see you All later. Right. Thank you. Hugo Fan goes en route on Wichita Transit every month. You can find past episodes at KMUW.org. And one last thing. My wife and I have spent the last month shopping for a new car. My 2006 Chevy minivan is approaching 160,000 miles. It's got a taped-up window, a busted side mirror, and holes in the carpet. It may not have reached beater status, but it's certainly in the discussion. The array of vehicles available today is overwhelming. Gas, electric, hybrid, foreign, domestic, compact, midsize, full-size. I've been studying warranties, trim packages, and miles per gallon. Which is funny, of course 
because everything I know about cars would fit inside the glove box. We've got our list down to three or four models, and we hope there's white smoke soon on a decision. My wife will get the new car, and I'll get hers. It's a minivan, but hey, it's only got 100,000 miles on it. Thanks for joining us on The Range. Our producers for this week's show are Carly Cooper, Lauren Amalunke, Jonathan Huber, and Beth Goulet. Our digital producer is Hugo Fan, and Torn Anderson composed our theme music. The executive producer of The Range is Fletcher Powell. I'm Tom Shine, and this is KMUW, NPR for Wichita. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.